0: You have arrived at your destination. Five, four,
1: three, two, one, One.
0: <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Baby,
1: baby, oh man! It's a shame. Man. It's a shame, honestly. Um, cause I I wasn't excited about the match, yeah. and I'm talking about we're talking about AEW's pay per view last night. Um, I, I would I wasn't excited for that match. Like I don't really care about gimmicky barbed wire matches. I don't really care, right? Um, uh, that match was pretty good. That like for for as gimmicked up as it was it was. I was enjoying that match. I thought they they did the tension very well. Whenever they hit one of the ropes, the things went boom, and they like did like that. Ah, you know they like they were electrified. Like oh my god, you know they everything worked well.
2: And then the ending. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah, I, I like this more than their last hardcore uh, match that they had. Uh, was that at Revolution last year? Um. No,
1: um, do you mean Omega and Moxley? Yes, that was twenty nineteen Revolution. So okay, yeah. so two. Years uh, but ago. I mean,
2: you know, so this. I mean, th- I liked this more than that. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I will say, like I, they needed this to happen just because there is a lot of faith in that organization that, well, everything's going to go fine. Why? Because it almost always does. Well, it mm-hmm. doesn't always go right. Mm-hmm. They needed to have a plan B. Yeah. Uh, a graphic that you could have put up. Yeah. People in the house maybe wouldn't have seen it, mm-hmm. uh, but yep. some kind of animation that you could have dubbed in for yep. just in case this shit doesn't go off. Right. Yep. Uh, so basically just for anybody who didn't watch it, AEW's Revolution pay-per-view last night. They had uh, John Moxley versus uh, Kenny Omega. The match was fine. Everything was going great. Eddie Kingston came out to save his former best friend. Yeah, a great emotional uh, from A moment. giant explosion. Yeah, beautiful emotional so at moment. At the end of this thirty minutes, at the end of this thirty minutes, the ma- the the ring is going to explode. Yeah, they're gonna have all this pyro go off, and it's gonna potentially uh, maim or kill. Whoever's left in the ring, right? So yeah. Omega and his cronies handcuff Moxley and leave, right? Yeah. Uh, Moxley's laid in the ring, and Kingston isn't able to to muscle him up, right? Mm-hmm. And so Kingston decides it, after him and Moxley had this like four month long blood feud fantastic matches, yeah. which brought Brandon around on the character of Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Uh, right? it, which is something I didn't think was possible. Yeah. I never disliked Kingston, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I, yeah. I kept telling you for months, I'm like, this is like right. the, my favorite thing in wrestling right now. And you're like, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, And then right, yeah. after the feud with Moxie, everybody started to come around to my side of thinking because I've been watching him on the indies for years. Right. Uh, and he definitely seemed like the sort of guy uh, that kept a knife in his bag. Right. Uh, and yeah. oh, a really funny story about the knife in the bag. Uh, mm-hmm. They were at an indie show, I guess, like a couple of years ago. And somebody was looking for a knife to cut uh, their wrist tape, right? Mm-hmm. And he's asking all these people. And he, he walks over to Eddie Kingston, and He goes, Eddie, uh, you don't happen to have a knife, do you? And he's like, oh, you come over to the Puerto Rican guy and ask him if he's got a knife. <laughs> this is bullshit. And then he pulled the knife out and gave it to him. <laughs> Of course, he has a fucking exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's like, well, yeah. "What do you think I don't come packing?" Uh, but yeah, so at the end of the match, you know, Kingston comes out and he covers him. He's going to you know sacrifice himself uh, yeah. for his uh, former friend John Mo- uh, John Moxley. Right. Well, this seventy percent of the pyro didn't go off, yes, yeah, it- and it- and they still sold it like it did. Yeah, that that was the harsh because thing. I think
1: they didn't. They didn't know what to do. They they did not have a plan B for it. And I, I legit, when it went off, like me and Eric were both watching it here. When it went off, I was like waiting for like Kingston to like kind of look up like what just happened. And then like Omega to come out and laugh. Like, well, do you think I'm a murderer? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Like it, it seemed, because the whole thing was like that Kenny built this thing, right? He built this explosive ring because for some reason, Kenny Omega is an engineer now uh but like so it it was bizarre and then but then like when i realized like because he's selling like death and then like the announced team's like oh my god he's not moving and it's just like and the crowd's just shitting on it like oh man brutal so i'd have cut the feed yeah like i i, I don't know what you do in that situation because you have a plan and Like what you know, like what yeah you can't. You basically just have to memory box this thing like Kane's unmasking, right? Like that's it. Like 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 like, oh, look at those scars on his face, and like there were no scars, so let's let's just say there
2: were no scars. (laughs) Like you know, so the next week it was like
1: oh, there are no scars. You know.
2: Well, and for every you know Mick Foley falling off the Hell in a Cell and that thing working and him not dying and him still being able to finish the match and all of that shit. Mm-hmm. That was chance because you know what that could have been. You know what yeah. that fucking match could have been—the yeah. kennel in hell match.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It could have right.
2: just as easily been that he could have fallen off the cage and then it was over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then we I mean, don't have mankind anymore. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, <laughs> well, it could have. Well, it wouldn't have been the kennel of hell match because at least you would have had the spectacle of being thrown off. At the very least, you, you would have the one spectacle. Uh, <laughs> there's no spectacle
2: other than the awfulness or, of kennel
1: in hell. But yeah.
2: Well, it, or with how shittily that, that cell was put together. What if they just right. fell through the top with nobody doing a move? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been like terrible. Just, yeah. You hear Mick and Undertaker tell that story about how they could hear zip yeah. ties popping every oh, time they move. Yeah, snapping. You zip tied that thing together?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, for real. Yeah. So it it's a shame because like you have a plan and it, it didn't go according to it. And you just gotta suck it up and just do it and I don't know if you saw the Twitter bit where Moxley cut a promo afterwards. Um, uh, somebody uh, uh, somebody recorded it and uh, posted it up, and it
2: was—is it about Kenny being a shitty engineer? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to go with it. That, it see, is, I didn't it. see it, but that's a perfect way yeah, to go he with gets it. Gets
1: up and he's like, oh, "Kenny Omega must might be a tough son of a bitch, but he can't build an exploding ring for shit."
2: <laughs> like, <you know.
1: laughs> but then he then he like kind of delivers this really impassionate speech about how you know it's like you know you. He, does, he doesn't say, like, directly, like, that something went wrong, but he's, like, definitely saying, like, we put everything else on the line tonight, blah, 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 and, like, gave this big passion speech. Because they did. They cut themselves up. They brutalized each other. They both took some brutal hits, and then it kind of goes out in a fart noise, and it sucks, because, like, that's
2: all anyone's going to remember. It's, <laughs> it's they I- want them... I I want that company and those two wrestlers, especially Kenny Omega and John Moxley, who are the most likely in that company, other than maybe Joey Janela, to take a really stupid risk when they feel like it's the right time. Yeah. Um, But I need them to remember that for when they go to do this next time. If you're going to do something that is very potentially likely to fail. Yeah. Just have a backup plan. Yeah, because I'm all about people taking risks and doing shit, man.
0: Yeah. But just yeah, have a
2: plan. I mean, yeah, it's, and I, I don't want to say they should have done.
1: I'm not saying they should have done it this way, but they had the contingency for Sting because you want to protect Sting, right? Because he's fucking 60 years old. So they had the 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 cinematic match, right? Which might be getting old to some people. I thought that one was fine. Um, You know, it, it took me back to my. I'm definitely tomorrow. wearing out on him. Yeah, I am too. I'm I'm right there with you. Like, because when there's too many, but at least it changes things up a little bit in this COVID era,
2: you know? It's like, it's COVID era wrestling sucks. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's been... Well, I, I do think that even when we return, I think there's a way that you can do hybrid matches. Yeah. Um. You know, like, WWE had tried that a few times in the past. Yeah. Uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, Randy Orton at right. his house, and then they finished at the arena. Yeah, even back in the day with Goldust, Roddy Piper, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, so, and, and, yeah. and the OJ chase. Yeah, the OJ uh, chase, yeah exactly yeah Yeah, that's how old that match is that mm -hmm. was contemporary (laughs) yeah that was contemporary humor (laughs) for like i I want you to think about your mortality
0: yeah
2: (laughs) and how that doesn't seem that long ago i know right uh but you know wrestling's
1: wrestling's wacky dude um but yeah you know you 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 have contingencies to you know to kind of like get things over and again if if the pyro had worked people have been talking about how like oh it was amazing you know and I don't know, maybe have like a little pull rig for the ring to break apart, like you know I know like you know, I don't know something. There was just like cuz it it sucked because like all the other work fireworks in the in the match like worked. Like whenever they hit the ropes and it went off, like it felt like it felt good. It was like, "Oh, yeah, okay." Like I again, it's cheesy nonsense like they're getting like, "Oh god, I'm being exploded." But but it's like, "Oh yeah, like it the effect worked and they sold it well. You know what I mean? Uh, and then the, the leg yeah. on the leg on the ropes to to not kick out of the wing, the one wing angel. Brilliant. That was great. That was great shit. Like just just shocked him and was like, oh no. I was like, oh that was great. I loved it. And it protected the one wing angel and
2: but also like got him to to get out of it. I thought that was awesome. So uh, but yeah. And, you know, like Jim Cornette would never actually say a positive thing about this at all because never. he's completely against it. <laughs> yeah. But I think even he would say that in this what he would consider, you know, what mud show, horse shit, uh, that that was a really smart way to protect a finisher. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredibly inventive because, you know, we still haven't had that moment yet. Mm -hmm. I don't know when you do. Like who, what kind of next generation superstar does there have to be for someone to kick out of him? Yeah. You know, what kind of we're about to throw the entire rocket on this guy's back and zoom him off to space kind of shit. Right. You know, it. Yeah. You know, Shaquille O'Neal was 20 years younger. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: as wrestling goes, you just have to like, you just have to bear the, the brunt of it and just push forward. You know, they've had one bad moment like this before, and that was that that Dark Order brawl that just looked like shit. That was a big one. Um, you know, everybody was shitting on that and it was, you know, you had legends in the ring getting like fake punched by a bunch of goofs and it just looked terrible. And, but they just had to punch through it, you know, they just had to keep going,
2: just keep, you know, keep I think, and, you know, that dark order thing just came down to a bunch of uh, young kids that were worried that if they accidentally potato Jake, the snake, they would, <laughs> they would be fired.
1: <laughs> yeah, No, yeah. If you actually potato, fr- uh, frigging, uh, Dustin Runnels, uh, Dustin Rhodes, I think you're going to get uh pretty pretty tapered. So but yeah. Um, that's right. That's who is in that. But yeah. yeah uh, but so I guess that's it for wrestling. That's it for wrestling. It's time for the Return of Struck podcast. Oh, that, what? Sorry.
2: Go Bobby on. Lashley.
1: Yes, Bobby Lashley. Congratulations. Uh, congrats on the championship. I, I hope that I kind of hope that he defends it against Lesnar at Mania and and maintains. And then we have Drew chase to SummerSlam. Cause I would really hate for him to just drop it back to drew.
2: See, I was thinking the other way that he fights all summer with drew. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe you even have a three way with Lesnar at SummerSlam to really put some asses in seats. Maybe. Cause yeah. I think they're going to try to do SummerSlam outdoor this year. Yeah. At a definitely. really big venue and have it be the kind of capacity that mm-hmm. WrestleMania normally has kind of shit. Yeah. Cause yeah, all yeah. that vaccination stuff is going to hopefully be in the rear view mm-hmm. and Man, you want to talk about people that'll be ready to fly around the oh. planet or across the country or. to go to a fucking wrestling show, <laughs> buddy? We're there.
1: Goddamn wrestling fans! They'll fucking go, baby. Uh, I- I'm excited. I'm excited for for the return to live crowds. I'm excited for Mania. I will go.
2: I will buy merch. I will buy an eight by ten. I'm not. I, I don't know.
1: If I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to give WWE my money again just yet. I I, I think they're in the right direction to improve. All of their stuff. They've improved some things. I fucking love Roman Reigns. I think he's one of the best things on TV right now. I never thought I'd say that, but he is. Uh, and I'm loving Lashley and her business. Her business is the best thing on TV. So, uh, but I'm hoping that Lashley gets to have a reign with this sucker and doesn't drop it immediately at Mania. Um, I hope that, I like
2: uh, the uh, idea of MVP miraculously coming out of this leg injury angle. Yeah, And um, him taking the U.S. belt. And even if it's just for like 30 days, I want the Hurt Business to own all of Raw. All the Because you know what? It's the only reason I ever fucking watch it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true.
1: It's true. Uh, Yeah, my favorite tweet, uh, and someone beat me to it because I thought of this joke, and someone tweeted out of camera who it was, but it was was, uh, uh, MVP on a crutch from carrying Raw for the past uh, three months. throughout through the whole summer so or through all of 2020 (laughs) you're not wrong he's not wrong it's not wrong at all like the hurt business has been
2: the best thing well and how his you can see how much he's matured as a person because none of it's ever been about him
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah
2: Yeah. and you can clearly see that he has become such an integral part of not only that faction but of that company is because i think that he has matured to the point where he can have serious conversations with people in the back about this is why you need to put the belt on Bobby now. Yeah. You know, this, this is why Cedric needs to be a part of our group. You know, to you put him uh, with Shelton and they're both going to grow. And I just think it's been great. It is strictly bizarre.
1: Like how much I can talk about wrestling again, because when we had our wrestling podcast back in the day, By the end of that, I was not able to talk about wrestling anymore. (laughs) That was that was the dark days of wrestling, man. The the product was real bad. It was right before the Seth Rollins coming up, and uh, you know, and it just, it was, it was bad
2: wrestling. It was bad times. So. You should put this at the end of the podcast. Yeah, what's that? We've <laughs> oh, gone on for fifteen minutes. You should yes. put this at the end of the podcast. <laughs> we're,
1: we're, we'll, put, we'll put all this at the end of the podcast. It's fine. Uh, it's time. Thanks for, for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> time for the video Struck Podcast, uh, uh, where we talk about uh, video games and wrestling and comic books and TV shows and movies and all sorts of stuff. But typically, mainly video games. And today, we're our main topic today is, of course, the the rise and fall of stadia so um and and what that you know what that was if if anybody remembers and and is looking over their shoulder thinking like what was that so uh, we've talked about it a little bit when it was coming out um we didn't talk about it much when it was out did we
2: um see i refused to throw down 150 bucks for the starter kit um i ended up playing it in january of this year right uh, it was this year right yeah no january of last year last year last year yeah uh god where's time um yeah, so time yeah i ended up playing rough. it when it went free to play yeah and uh and it played through some destiny and stuff like that and uh uh played a couple of racing games on it. i believe it was grid uh -hmm. and some other things uh just to kind of give the service a little bit of a shakeout Uh and we'll talk about how that went right uh i don't i don't think that stadia was a massive flop uh i don't think stadia was necessarily bad it has all of the kinds of issues that you would think that it has uh, you know, just simply from it being a hosted in the clown gaming solution with no on-premises hardware that you own. Right. Um, but those impedances were less than you would probably assume. Mm-hmm. The real issue that I had with it from the beginning was Google's long storied track history of oh, this isn't gonna be an instant trillion dollar enterprise, kill it. Yeah. And yeah. they they did not kill Stadia. But as we saw come out in the news, like internal development for the Stadia platform is done. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So their exclusive pipeline and a lot of employees that they had hired for all these studios and Jade Raymond, man, she's had a hell of a five to seven years, hasn't she? Yeah. Fuck, from failed project to failed project to failed project. Like, I feel really bad for her uh, because, you know, she was one of the creative heads. You know, the, she was the lead programmer or executive producer of the first assassin's creed i mean like you know she's yeah she's got chops right. but man she has picked horror projects here in the last few years so we'll talk about a lot of that kind of stuff but basically stadia is it will continue on as it is right now the scary thing is if you're somebody who invested heavily in it mm-hmm. what happens when they turn it off yeah yeah you know google's got enough money in their pocket and they, they would probably try to save face and I bet they probably didn't sell that many games right. so they'll probably just give you Google Play store money or Steam copies of the games right yeah uh, I, I don't know but it's like well if you were somebody who wanted a cloud based solution what are you going to do with Steam copies of the games right yeah well I yeah. mean what I if you it's... just playing this on a netbook from 10 years ago yeah it's true it can't run those games. That was the games. sell of Stadia. <laughs> yeah. Was that like you don't have to buy a thousand dollar gaming computer, fuckface? And that
1: was always your problem with it at the beginning, too, is just like you even brought those concerns up. It's like, what if what if they turn it off and now you can't have it? Like this this was, you know, way back when before it came out, that was one of your big concerns. It's like if they turn it off, then what
2: do you do? Like what what's your you know well, and and the thing that Steam has always said, and Steam's a very different entity. But you know what Gabe Newell has said since the beginning, and it's even in their terms of service, is that if Steam were to die, yeah, they would announce this X period of days or months before it goes out, and they would mm-hmm. say go download all of your your software, and they will unlock the DRM for it. Right. So it would be your responsibility to maintain hard drives to keep all these games on, but you would have. Everything you need to continue playing those games, you just wouldn't have the Steam service anymore. Right. Uh, yeah. Whereas if they turn off Stadia, you're not downloading anything to begin with. Yeah. It's just gone. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about all of that uh, mm-hmm. here in a bit, unless you want to lead off with Stadia and then we can talk about our other topic. No, let's,
1: let, let's, uh, we always end with the video game topic, I think. So let's talk about. Uh, not not for too long, but uh, we can talk about uh, the h- new hotness, the new TV show that uh, wrapped up this past week, uh, which was One Division. One Division from Marvel. What did you Studios. think One Division? I very much enjoyed the first half, and I thought the second half was fine, uh, with some things that I hated. <laughs> so like, um, but all in all, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it, um, but I'm I'm predisposed to kind of enjoy the Marvel formula, um, so I was really enjoying them breaking that formula a little bit and doing something a little more interesting. You know what I mean? Um, and, and kind of taking a direction and kind of keeping you guessing a little bit, throwing a little bit of a lost mystery into it. But you know, like you, for people who are more comic friendly, like kind of have some ideas of what's going on, but they're Kind of pitching different directions here and there, and I was enjoying that. Um, and then at, by the end of it, they all just kind of went back to formula, and I was a bit, I was a bit off put by that. <laughs> and like, so and people were like right. raving about this finale, and I'm like, that was the weakest part for me. I don't get it.
2: I don't know. No, I, I think a, <clears throat> I, I think I have a lot of opinions on this, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people ranted about the finale so much because it was the closest to the typical formula. It was. It was absolutely. It was, that was, was just an action mo- scene that could have it, been in any of those movies. It was
1: rehash, like the most rehashy stuff. And I don't normally hate that because I'm going to a Marvel movie to see a Marvel movie, right? And I should expect that from this as well. And I wasn't like too upset by it, but I was grumbled a bit because like I felt the start of this show, the first four episodes of this show, we're going into something that they've, that they haven't really done before that I'm enjoying. There's a premise that has an infinite amount of like things
2: that you can throw at it at this point. You know what I mean? Um, did you think that in those first four episodes though, that I actually pretty strongly disliked, Mm -hmm. um, I, I found a lot of it repellent. In that, the, first of all, why is there 22 minutes of credits at the end of every episode? I mean,
1: it's just because that's every Disney because uh, they Disney can. Plus, uh, well, it's, 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 you can yeah.
2: actually answer every question about yeah. why is this this way because they can. Oh. But all right, so the the issue that I have with the first four episodes myself uh, mm-hmm. is that the. The actual mystery mm-hmm. was 35 seconds out of every 20-minute episode. It, yeah. Like it's literally just like somebody opens a door and goes, oh, or someone opens a manhole cover and there's bees. <laughs> and then <laughs> the beekeeper. I've just yeah. given you like, seriously, I've just given yeah. you like almost all the spoiler. There's a helicopter toy and it's red, but yeah. the world's black and white. That right. is, I've given you like almost every. Easter egg and spoiler from the first four episodes of that show. Yeah, in seven seconds. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the point of a that, that's the
1: point of one of those reveals, though, is that it comes into the it it, it throws things off
2: of what you're of what you're experiencing. You know, yeah. So, I, I, he, and here's a genuine question. Yeah, uh, I've had now what I consider you know from the be- during the process of this podcast. Yeah, as people will remember, in the first year of this podcast, I decided I was going to start reading some comic books. Yes. And then I had a little hiatus and then I really got back hot and heavy in it and I've read a shitload of comic books now. Right. I've also read a fuck ton of books and I have an English degree. Right. And I took theater. Right. These are mystery stories for morons. <laughs> There's nothing surprising about it. There's like, nothing deep about it. And the the sad thing about it is that every time I was even mildly interested in a twist that they threw at me, they would spend five minutes explaining it. Like, yeah, that's the second half of that season that you started to dislike. Yeah, That's my real problem, is that when they did choose to explain anything, by the end of the explanation, I'm like, all right, move on. Just show me more Dick Van Dyke show or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing is like, and again, like, I knew, like, if you're if you're vested in the comics, you, you kind of know what's going on.
2: Dude, I, the scene where the lady looks at her and says, you're the Scarlet Witch. That's her fucking character's name, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they hadn't said that in the MCU yet. That's the whole
2: thing. Oh, I'm okay. sure there were people just shitting in their pants when they, oh, they said it. <laughs> that, <laughs> she had already worn the costume, guys. That was my... Uh, No,
1: she had... Well, yeah, she wore the the, the Halloween one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah! But, uh, yeah, but she never had the code name the Scarlet Witch yet, you know, like that was... So I'm sure there were lots of people who were like... Because that that was my big joke when people were like talking about that episode. I was like, oh, they said the thing! They said it! They said it, you know? know.
2: Okay, I'm no champion of the movie Logan. I actually probably like it significantly less than the average comic book fan. Although I still like it. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, sure. But there's no scene in the movie Logan where someone looks at him and goes, Well, you're an old man, Logan. <laughs> That's true. Old man Logan. Oh, my God.
1: That's true. That's true. They do not say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're an old, an old man. man,
0: Logan. <laughs> Logan.
2: <laughs> Colon Logan. <laughs> That doesn't count as the first appearance because he said you're an old man, comma Logan as a proper noun. He didn't say old man logo Logan without the comma, and that's his actual proper name. <laughs> I've been collecting speculation comics recently, and it's a fucking yeah. nightmare. Okay, yeah, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. So, one division. I, right. I, I, I just so. I really did it, like was it the episode before the last one where they went through her life? Yes. That was probably the best episode. I liked that episode. Yeah, that
1: was one of the best episodes of me. Because every like moment that they go through mirrored one of the commercials that they showed earlier. So I was like, Oh hey, there's something artful that I you know, because like the, the little Stark toaster with a little blinking light, that was the bomb that they were sitting in front of and you know, stuff like that. I, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I liked the whole vision um theseus boat. Explanation thing, you know. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I just like the vision. I think he's a good character. I thought they well. should have been fighting while they were doing that, though.
2: Yeah, and I think can... that they're so logical yeah. that they could be having a hellacious fight while yeah. talking this over. That's and I true. think that would have been because here's the one thing that I do feel like this was missing is mm. the classic Marvel wit. There's almost yeah. none of it in this. Yeah, yeah. The if, if there's one thing that Marvel differentiated itself from DC with that I have championed yeah the entire time i've been watching these movies every time we talk about them is that marvel gets the wit right i you know it's like every time they fumbled the ball with thor in those first two movies they came back with ragnarok and finally hit the formula
1: yeah yeah just
2: make it funny man this should be a good time i don't want to be depressed i would
1: say like the thing is like i think it had the wit in the in the fact that they were being parody of sitcom humor like, I thought that was kind of the witty part of it. And if that didn't work for you... then Maybe it's because I hate
0: sitcoms.
1: And that might be it. But I did... I thought it was pretty... <laughs> I really just like sitcoms. Right. I just thought it was witty that, like, they did, like, oh, it's a 60s show. Now it's a 70s show. Now it's a... You know, now it's the the 80s TV show. You know what I did want, though? When uh, Vision and Wanda had their first, like, fight, when Vision was like, you know, it's like, you can't control me, and doing that whole thing. The next episode, I wanted to be a Married with Children episode. <laughs> it's like, oh, whatever, Wanda. Am I the am I the only one who
2: didn't get the Malcolm in the Middle bit? Am I the Uh, only one who didn't? Because I I guess I never watched that show. I I thought they were doing The Office.
1: No, yeah, no, it was it was Malcolm in the Middle. the The set when the kids were like doing the whole like, hey, uh, mom's, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, that was that was Malcolm in the Middle. And then they did Modern Family, which was the next one. So, and I kind of saw the Modern Family. I didn't get that either. Yeah, I kind of saw the Modern Family. See, I've never seen a single episode of that. Yeah, so that's where the wit came in is a lot of those parodies. So if it if it didn't I guess if you didn't watch those shows or know anything about those, then it probably didn't land. <laughs> it didn't really stick. So yeah, that, that makes sense. But so I, I, I would argue I've never
2: loved good. Raymond. Uh I've never oh. been mad about you. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. have uh I I've, I've never kinged of Queened. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah. I just I just don't I just don't watch sitcoms. I don't know what it is about me. I, I watched uh Married with Children uh in the simpsons yeah friends
1: yeah yeah it's 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 a it's a standard fare and and that's really what i think when you say dumb people <laughs> i think it's a mystery for standard fare watchers that's what i it kind of in the way that lost kind of is like because lost i thought was smarter than it ended up being you know what i mean because it was like oh we've got all these mysteries but turns out they never had any plan for any of those mysteries they were just throwing hatches at they you. Just- they were just throwing weird shit at you. Yeah, they were just throwing hatches <laughs> and polar bears at you. And like, oh, this is cool. I'm I'm starting to get this. They didn't have a plan for what was at the end of it.
2: Um, the yeah, th- it... Well, and I genuinely did get into Lost for probably the first four seasons, like, really, really hardcore. Yeah. Because I I found it fascinating that someone storyboarded this whole thing. Right. This is fascinating. And then what I found out in season five and six is they were making it up as they (laughs) went along. Right? Because they ran out of writers and they weren't able to write anymore. And then two of the main actresses in season Mm -hmm. two or three – uh, got busted for DUI and arrested, so they yep. got kicked off the show. Got and off the show. yeah, there was all kinds of fun. And then yeah. one of them went on to be in a movie series about driving cars really fast. It's true. It's
1: true. She was in that prior, which is weird, which is funny about how, about how long that franchise spans. <laughs> it's like, it's before and after Lost. Lost ended like 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. And it was, and she was famous for being in the first one. <laughs> so, oh, man. Yeah, Lost
2: ended like 12 yeah, years right? ago. Right?
1: It's crazy. Oh, so. Man. But yeah, and and the, really the standard fare at the end that I, this 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 one kind of made me chuckle as I was watching it. I wasn't disliking it because I'm like, it's a Marvel show. I know it's gonna do this, right? But it was just funny to me, like the end the end episode. It was like, all right, guys, I need some new fresh ideas for for the finale of Wanderbridge. I don't want any big blue lasers shooting into the sky. What about a big red laser shooting into the sky?
0: Ooh,
1: <laughs> all right, you got me. He's like, all right. We got to have, have some villains to fight, but I don't but I don't want to just have like a a villain that's got the same powers as the hero. What about two villains with the same powers as the hero? Whoa. So, you know, it just like wow. It's the same <laughs> thing every Marvel movie. And it's like, all right, I get it. Like um and that that was just like a little bit of, a, of an annoyance to me. Where it really got me. And th- this this might come off as nerdy, but let me explain it to you, okay? It got your goat here. It got my goat, okay? Evan Peters. Bring in Evan Peters from the X-Men universe, right? Or that actor who played Quicksilver in the X-Men movies on Fox, correct? Um, Yes. They brought him in. Not the person who played Pietro as Quicksilver in the Marvel movies. Yes, that would be Kick-Ass, the the kid who played Kick-Ass and has been in other subsequent things. Um And uh, they brought in Evan Peters to replace him. Um, So there's a whole lot of speculation when that happens, like when that revelation occurs, because you've already kind of had the the indication that Wanda is behind what's going on, right? Um, Multiverse theory has kind of been injected into the MCU now, and now they own the Fox rights to the X-Men movies. So this is like your first indication or as it should be that oh, we're delving into multiverse stuff now, right? Like you, they're, they're setting up an, a, a a they're setting up something for the future here. Like she's pulled this other Pietro over, right? That's what they're like implying with that. Correct? Like, do you see where I'm going with that idea? Yes, um, and, and I, if, I absolutely agree. Yeah, and then they just said derp derp. It's a guy named Boner, like. It just, like, you presented something as being important and you knew people would latch on who were into this stuff, would latch on to that being an important moment. And then you pulled the rug out and said, it's not important, idiot. What were you thinking? That's stupid and not cool. Like, I'm sorry, that's bad
2: storytelling. <laughs> well, it's, not- uh, you get, like, one fake out, but then there was all, you know... Yeah. I- it's like Agatha like, Harkness. Uh, right. You know, the first time she introduced herself as Agnes, you're like, oh, yeah. so it, she's going to be this person. And then uh, then they st- things start getting really spooky and everybody's like, maybe yeah. it's Mephisto. Right. Yeah. And then, nope, we did the easy nope. thing again. Yeah. We went <laughs> back to Agatha.
1: Um, yeah. And it's like, it's just like... I- The Mephist, like, cause yeah, cause you can speculate that and speculate this, but it's like, but you're literally doing, if it was just a different Pietro or you got kick-ass back to be him, and then it was just a guy who was like, whatever, that's fine. Cause that's not really implying anything else. That's just like, oh, she didn't make that Pietro, Agnes did. That's the only revelation you have there. But when you try and bring in the Evan Peters character and say that like, hey, maybe there's something being fed into this. Maybe they didn't think that's what they were imply that they were going to imply to audiences, but that's absolutely what hardcore audiences took away from it, and then you just pulled the rug out so it just it didn't work you You put people on a ride and then and then you didn't hit the go button and it it just like that's gonna i don't understand why you
2: would do that
1: <laughs> it just doesn't make sense no what I
2: think you're going to do is for the next few things that they release. I bet they're gonna do a lot of. They're probably gonna cast a lot of Marvel people from like first class and shit, right? Uh, as other characters, and like, hey, maybe this is where that person's gonna come. I think yeah. they're gonna do this some more, yeah, uh, because I think they think they're really insightful, uh, <laughs> yeah, and really like fucking cutting edge. Yeah. when the the Marvel franchise has been successful because it is just carving the easiest path of least resistance. Yeah. yeah, And, and I mean that in a good and a bad way. Sometimes it, sure. it is to their detriment. Yeah, absolutely. I think when they actually kind of try harder, mm-hmm. they get diminishing returns. I think Age of Ultron is the most compelling story they've written, and everyone who likes Marvel movies seems to fucking hate it. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't hate that movie. I, I think it's weak. I think it's cluttered. I think that movie has a lot of clutter to it. But Yeah, but I think they were but, trying shit. They were. They were uh, trying new things, and I, and, and that, that's commendable for sure.
2: And But, so, people had a negative reaction to that, so whether it's, uh, you know, Captain Marvel or, you know, the sequel to Ant-Man or any of that stuff that came out after Ultron, yeah. I feel is just by the numbers. <laughs> you know, it's uh, well, Guardians of the Galaxy was successful, so the second movie is basically just going to be more of that, except yeah. with more banter, right? And then Ragnarok is just that, and yeah. and I did say that that's a good thing for Ragnarok because it mm-hmm. finds that Marvel humor, but it right. also that is incredibly safe. Yes, yeah, and, and that's the one thing I think about this show is when I first saw the trailer, I mm-hmm. thought, man, they're going for it, right? Yeah, and well, this, is be this is gonna be wild.
1: Yeah, it's going to be yeah. on my guard and weird and like yeah. And, and you're right. I, I don't think they took as many risks with it as they could have. And uh uh but it was it was different enough that it really engaged me a lot. And I was like I'm 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 enjoying this. Like again, like I'm probably not like like sucked into it as much as like your average viewer who doesn't really know that like from the beginning Wanda's definitely doing this. Uh, cuz you know, it I doubt the average moviegoer knows what the fuck Wanda's powers were. Yeah, you know, like, they didn't explain
2: it very well like, in, in any of them. Yeah, it's exactly. definitely been a. Sometimes she can make a red ball and things happen. Right. Right? Exactly. It's like I don't know the fuck. Can she do this? Like, I, yeah, I was like clearly she can. But you know, and I thought it did. It, a good I job. would actually say it yeah. might be the best feature of the '90s X-Men cartoon is that I feel like they very clearly <laughs> defined whenever they introduced a new character. Yeah, exactly what they did. Yeah, yeah, exactly what (laughs) they're. I thought it was great. Yeah, you knew exactly who they were. and I don't know how they were so much better at character building. When it was yeah. a show for eight year olds,
1: yeah,
2: I know, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like
1: sometimes that show man, still holds up, though. Fuck everyone, it that does show still holds up. It it holds <laughs> up. It holds up in ways. I <laughs> know. I still love the the X Men show. I still love the old X Men TV show. I think it's great. The, the Phoenix Saga was yeah. that was epic television for yeah. a ten year old me. Okay? that was good stuff, man. That five part Phoenix Saga, that's solid stuff. I I'm, I had that on VHS. I wore that sucker dry, like it was. It was ragged by the time, so... Uh-
2: you start to figure out who I am when, like, some of my favorite comics were the... Uh- uh, the G.I. Joe Parallel Universe episodes in yeah. the Phoenix Saga. You yeah. start to really figure out who I am. <laughs> yeah. That,
1: oh, that Parallel Universe. <laughs>
2: and that fake oh, fuck, one.
1: God. That fake one with Shipwreck with all the Synthoids. Oh, that was, was great. The fake town with the Synthoids. Yes. Oh, I got surely. Yeah. Oh, no, this is going to go bad for you. <laughs> oh, no. Don't go there. Don't go to the island. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, man. But, yeah. That that, that was around. Right. Oh, the only other thing that I really hated was... Uh, was uh, uh Wanda suffering no legal consequences for anything that she did. Uh, <laughs> it's like she just left just are you, are you gonna arrest her? I mean true <laughs> but it's like, it's like at least like and I think they're setting her up to be kind of a villainous figure. It kind of seemed that way to me. Absolutely. So, so it was okay. I wasn't expecting but like, like like maybe if you want to like if you want her to come off as like any kind of sympathetic like maybe turn yourself in cuz you just like mind screwed a bunch of people in this town for like a week.
2: Like, So,
1: you know, and, and they have that line. It was longer than that. Yeah, and they have that line where it's like, oh, they they'll never know what you gave up for this. It's like it won't change how they look at me, nor should it. <laughs> like, they're your victims. Like, like, they should not look at you better because you lost your fake husband and kids. <laughs>
2: So, sorry. Your husband, who wasn't even a person to begin with. He was the personification <laughs> of a stone in a computer that fucked. Right, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and that's the only other thing that I didn't really like. Um, the rest of it, I thought, was fun. Oh, no, no, there is one thing that I absolutely hated throughout the course of that movie. Not for the finale, but throughout the course of that show. Was uh, when 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 Jimmy Woo and Monica and frickin' Cat uh, Dennings would would just drop movie knowledge... As if they were there, like because they're the audience parable. That pissed me off every time it happened. They would literally like quote scenes from like Infinity War and, and Endgame as if they were there,
2: and I'm like, who told you this? Like, you're not a superhero. Like, did you watch the movie? Okay, and I, I say this as as a guy who actually appreciate appreciates Kat Dennings as oh, yeah. an actress. I think yeah. she'd be quite good as like the nerdy bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hated her in the show. I did too. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I found her character repellent. Yes. 100% it, agree. it didn't feel like it it didn't. She felt like she was wearing someone else's clothes. to yes. make that that show. I don't know what it was about it. Yeah. She didn't seem like she was having a good time. Yeah, like she she seemed like to me like actively annoyed yeah. to be working. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Her performance was very strange, mm-hmm. uh, and I hated. I always hate the. Oh well, you know I'm just the pop culture, uh, yes. you know, hacker nerd. Yes, I fucking hate that character every yeah. time, and, and that's it's exactly what. The she only does. time I've ever. The only time I ever liked it was Hugh Jackman and Swordfish uh, with his thirty-seven monitors. Nice, nice. And I only liked that. Ironically,
1: <laughs> I, liked, I liked Kevin Smith in in uh, the die in Die Hard
2: four. I thought that one was all right. You know what? That's that's, that's a good one. That's especially when one. you know the background on that relationship. Yes,
1: exactly, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I built an entire relationship that dis- that was destroyed. Mere years later, I <laughs> so, oh, mean,
2: was it cop out?
1: Cop out. Yeah, that was the the destructive. Yeah, there you battle. go. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah. So,
2: uh, one yeah. uh one yeah. to five stars, no halves. What do you give it? Uh three. I give it a three. I give it a two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't think that that's overly harsh because I consider a two to be a uh, guilty pleasure-ish. Like mm-hmm. I watched all of it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I clearly enjoyed it enough. Right. But. I I give this movie it this show sorry I keep calling it a movie yeah and um, it's basically a movie yeah. <laughs> it is yeah especially with how short it is when you actually take out all the credits it's movie length they just paid a hell of a lot less uh, for it um, but the uh, the the big issue that I took is I, I called it the gladiator effect I didn't mm. see gladiator mm-hmm. until it was already like up for Oscars and everything. And everybody called that like the greatest film. Right. And I saw it and thought it was trash. <laughs> um, and well, and, and in retrospect, I've watched it again since then. And with me having that negative mindset in my mind, I'm like, well, it's, it's better than trash. Yeah. Uh, but where there was this universal acclaim to it. I'm right. like going into this like super excited, like this is going to be fucking great. And I started watching it by the time, I think it was like episode five was out. Right. And so I'm like, I'm going to sit down and watch a chunk of this. Cause I don't really like watching week to week kind of stuff. I love kind of, you know, s- you know, grabbing all the soup I can at once, you know, sure. I don't want to come back to the buffet. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and yeah, I, I sat down and watched like f- five episodes in a row and I'm like this, are people watching a different fucking show? <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, the- and there's all these Easter eggs in here. And I'm like, uh, yeah, the- yeah. I mean, yeah, they put a Hydra logo on a cereal box. That's not like the fucking smoothest thing you've ever done. It's like, yeah, you want to know what a good Easter egg is? Phil Spencer unveiling the Xbox, uh, you know, Series Ooh. X and having the Xbox Series S on the shelf behind him. Mm, yeah, that's fucking smooth. smooth. And no that's one smooth. noticed it until they unveiled the S. Yeah. There you go. That's
1: you smooth. know, like
2: that's that's fucking smooth. You know, like that that is a good Easter egg. You know, just showing a Hydra logo, like what the, what the yeah, I know. I've seen these movies, dude. I know. Red Skull. Ooh. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> Fuck, man.
2: Or he showed up in India. Yeah, their idea of Easter egg. No, their idea of Easter eggs is like the, uh, you, you know, it's like uh, fucking Robot Chicken. I'm just like, hey, what if we had Transformers and they were masturbating? You know, it's like that, that doesn't what is what is that? Why would what? Yeah. What does that have anything to do with anything? I mean, that's that, just non sequitur.
1: I feel like that is the the planning board for an episode of Robot Chicken It's just like, like it is <laughs> 80s reference. Like what a box of 80s references adult humor and you just throw them in a bag (laughs) it's like it's like all right cool uh it's like oh inspector gadget and terminator ah perfect fucking you know whatever um but yeah uh yeah i i'd say like a three and a two i think that works out um i thought it was pretty 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 average middle middle of the road type affair Uh, i enjoyed it I, i had a good time with it um and on to winter soldier falcon which i am much more excited for so hopefully that won't uh be terrible yeah
2: that that seems like it has uh far more potential yeah uh i think i'm of the more casual viewer i think i'm probably uh more into bucky than the average person okay like i i feel like he's a character that yeah Got a little bit of screen time in one movie, and then other than that, it's like, "Hey, asshole, put your arm on and come fight." <laughs> you know, like, yeah, basically. It's basically the only thing that we've done with him since. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe you there know. could be a little depth to this character. I
1: don't yeah. know. Yeah. We'll bring, uh, bring a little bit more out of him. I agree. Um, yeah. So I, I'm excited for that one, and uh, you know, it, again, like I didn't, I didn't like hate it. I'm not gonna like tear it down and say you people are living on a house of lies for loving this show.
2: Like. <laughs> People can enjoy it. It's no, it's, <laughs> no, it's it just like if you temper your expectations and don't expect to watch Oscar caliber shit. Yes, you'll absolutely. probably have a
1: pretty good time. Absolutely, the, the deepest uh, stuff is the Vision parts, and you know that's not super deep. So you know, <laughs> it's a puddle. But I, but I like, but I like Vision. I like that actor. He's a good, guy. good guy. Good guy. I do too. I think yeah. he's
2: great. Yeah, I uh, think he's awesome. You know, like it. I, I think he. Uh, you know, his aloof idiotness, I liked it in the show. I just felt like there was too much of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, once he became, like, aware, you know, around episode eight-ish mm-hmm. of kind of what the hell was going on. The Halloween episode yeah. is where I'm like, okay, this is the vision I like. Okay, yeah. we're back to it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, yeah, that mm-hmm. that was Comic Book Corner. That was Comic Book Corner,
1: and now it's on to our topic of the day, which is Stadia. Batman. Wait, what? Wait, what? what? Sorry. <laughs> is there, a, is there Batman in the, in the room? No, uh, Stadia, uh, which is Google's cloud-based gaming platform. Is that correct? Is that a, a simple yes. way of saying it? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, so rather than downloading the games like in Steam, because Steam is a digital gaming platform, we all kind of know what those are at these point. At this point, um, you know, there's there's Epic Games, there's uh, 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 what's that one? Start to know Oasis, what's it called? Um, Origin,
2: there's, itch.io, there's uh, Origin, there's uh, uh, GOG, which was yeah. formerly Good Old Games, uh, yeah. Steam, and, and these are. Uh, Easy way, easy libraries of, of downloadable gaming
1: content that you can purchase and download without any hard copy, you know, uh, discs or anything like that. No casings, none, none of the cool stuff you got when you were a kid, none of that cartridge-based nonsense, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, this was Google's answer to that, and that's, you know, you didn't even need, like, downloading. Nah, they're gonna host it, hosted on the cloud, these games. Um, was that the only real like selling point for this thing? Was there anything else that they, like what, what, what else do you get okay, from a so, cloud-based system?
2: Well, here, here's what you're getting is that, uh, Stadia, their big sell was that when the Xbox one X and the PS4 pro were four and $500 boxes, when they mm-hmm. unveiled this thing, even before the next generation of you know systems got announced, it's man, these fucking things are expensive. Right. Uh, What if uh, you had the ability, especially you have to think in a 2019 mindset when you were leaving the home uh, on a more regular basis, like you were, especially in big cities where you had commutes on trains and stuff like that. It's like, what if you could be playing a game? I don't know who these people are before you leave for work. uh, Psychopaths. Right. uh, (laughs) And then you could just tether your controller to your phone Mm-hmm. and then continue playing it on the go because your computer or TV or whatever you were playing that on at home was not actually tied to a physical box. And even the controller didn't have to tether to a device. The, uh, the controller tethered directly to your Wi-Fi router. And mm-hmm. that was designed to cut down on latency. So that was their big idea, was that we're going to have like... They actually called it negative latency, which is absolutely not true. Uh, <laughs> but what they were saying was that the... Uh, if you were like, say, tethering that to a box that had to go to your router that then went to the internet and then beam the signal back to you uh, mm. to feed back into what you're experiencing, right. uh, they were saying that by skipping the hop of tethering a wireless controller to some kind of physical box that would then be beaming over to your uh, wireless router, you were cutting out that latency, therefore negative. Right. Uh, so it's less than it would be even in an ideal physical hardware environment. So that, that was their pitch. Yeah. Um, so this thing was unveiled, um, they, they, they called it Project Stream, uh, and that, uh, I was actually in that for the Assassin's Creed Odyssey beta. The cool thing about it was that if you did the Project Stream demo thing and you were accepted into it, they actually gave you a copy of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, a, a physical, like a, like a digital one that was on the Uplay store, nice. uh, Uh, free to use afterwards just as a thank you for you being a beta tester well then stadia actually launched in november of 2019 so about a year later they finally pulled this thing out of the cooker now they've got phil harrison on uh as their uh as their figurehead phil harrison you might remember from uh around the time of the launch of the playstation 3 he was the european head Um, of uh, Sony at that time. So he did a lot of the, like, you know, whenever they would wheel out a soccer game or Storm because he loved to talk about Storm. MotorStorm, Uh, Storm, That was Phil Harrison's big deal. Well, Phil Harrison ended up leaving Sony. He went and did some other, like, mobile shit. And then he went to Microsoft for a cup of coffee uh, and then went to Stadia. Gotcha. Um, So, and we'll just kind of shore this up really quick. So the idea is that, you there is no physical hardware in your house. Right. But what you do get is that in a stadia rack somewhere, uh, there is the equivalent to like a 1080 Ti video card. Uh, it was actually a, I think it was a Vega of some kind. And their their pitch was 4K HDR 60 frames per second. Right. As anybody Will you know be able to tell you 4K HDR at 60 frames per second was hard um, (laughs) at that a difficult um, feat to accomplish. Yes, I was doing 4K 60 at that time, but like you know, even with the uh, you know 1080 Ti and 2080 Ti that I had, you know, making that doable at like ultra settings was hard. So what you were getting on a lot of these things was either sub 4k resolution, uh, which is not what you paid for, um, or uh, you were getting less than 60 frames, which is also not what you paid for. Um, And then, you know, they, they made sure that they let you know that, you know, we leave it up into the hands of our uh, third party developers to optimize their software as needed, which basically means you can't blame me. Um, (laughs) It's not my fault. (laughs) Yeah, uh, whoopsie, I believe is what they call it. Whoopsie, mm, a whoopsie, um, a whoops. And this seems like you know, depending on where you are in the country, this might seem laughable now. Um, but one of the things that uh, you know they promised was that to get 720p 60fps with stereo audio, all you needed was 10 megabit connection. Right? Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bullshit.
1: Yeah, so is there any testimony to that? Were there anybody who was like, you know, like, that tested it with that type of, with that connection and was like, no way that I'm getting that? Or was it just pretty much Uh,
2: unknown? uh, You, you're talking, they, they can be quote unquote sending you a 720p signal that is maintaining that resolution but the macro blocking on a lot of that stuff especially in dark scenes and games man Uh, you know like when you start to before think youtube five years ago before their algorithm got better at predicting your internet stability right uh how you would start to get especially in dark scenes a whole lot of macro blocks Mm-hmm. Um, that would happen a lot in games like I played Red Dead Redemption 2 for like 20 minutes and the beginning of that game is in like the snowy area at night I couldn't fucking see anything and I have a gigabit connection right like, it was just, it, like th- they can tell me that they're sending they are sending you a form of a 4K <laughs> signal but the problem right. is the bit rate is so low right it's, it's awful man like yeah. and there are Games where it's more optimal, but I do notice that when I played it, the more graphically intensive that the game was and the worse the hardware was running, uh, you know, the more it was taxing their servers, the signal I was getting back out of it. It was not determined by my bandwidth at all. Uh, It's just that it as that was using more. They were somehow, if I had to guess, manipulating the video encoder in the graphics card to send a lower and lower bitrate signal. Mm -hmm. Or they were throwing that signal into some other kind of transcoder um, that was just mangling that signal. (laughs) And sometimes you'd boot it up and it was great other times you would boot it up and it was awful right and that's on top of all the other issues that we just talked about about how a lot of these games already weren't running at 4k and then they're being sent out at a low bit rate and then upscaled by a tv and you are just grinding that signal into an incomprehensible mess at times right the service did get much better as time went on but it was definitely not a great way to launch yeah. because you, it's not even one of those things where you say like, well, sorry, hey, we're having some connected uh, connectivity issues, but you can play your single player games. No, the single player games and the multiplayer games, they were all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah, it, it, they didn't even have that much capacity either, because it's like, you know, I'd log into destiny and I couldn't even get in a full lobby. Yeah. Oof. And and the lobby only holds like 16 people. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, I'd, I'd love to see some traffic data on that. Right. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it, it's interesting because like, you know, we, uh, like is is anyone ever prepared for that kind of a hit? Like 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 you said, like like how big was this launch? Like it, I don't remember it setting the world on fire, but they clearly weren't ready to, you know, to push out what they you know what they promised if, it, if, if the it definitely padded
2: their launch i'll tell you this so yeah. the like two weeks after launch yeah uh do you remember when they aired the video game awards in theaters across the country i do yes everyone who attended got a free starter kit oh wow okay that was like a so if you think about that being a 150 fifty dollar value because it was the big one that came with the chromecast and the controller and like three months of the service got it you know i mean it was it's a pretty good giveaway. Right? Like I kind of wish I would have gone to the game awards. Right? Uh and yeah, like the that kind of tried to bolster some of their user base because they were just like a fart in the wind, man. Mm. Uh because so you're launching a competing platform at the end of a generation where almost everybody already has a console, whether it's one of the revised consoles or one of the base ones. Pretty much by 2019, everybody who was going to buy one had one. Right. So you're launching something that just is offering a somewhat comparable experience that's entirely dependent on the strength of your Internet. And we know how spotty that can be in parts of the world. hmm Um, where like, you know, if if my internet goes out, at least I can still play my game. Yeah. Yeah. Not not with Stadia. Right. Uh, so it was, it was a tricky sell. So, uh, the, they were not the first people to the party when it came to this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So on live, uh, and PlayStation now both predated that. PlayStation now, I think, is one of Sony's biggest missed opportunities ever. Mm-hmm. Because when they bought a company called Gaikai before the PS4 launched, that was when PS3 download times were really bad. And games were about to go from like 10 gigabytes in size to 50 gigabits in, uh, gig- uh, gigabytes in size. Mm-hmm. So you were starting. To, uh, the, when they purchased them, I was like, cool. Because they were talking about features like, do you remember Instant Start? Yes, I do. Instant start was something that never really worked. Right. Um, But the idea was you would start, you would download a chunk of the game. Right. And then you could just go ahead and start playing. Just start playing that as the rest downloads. Yeah. In an ideal environment, the rest of that stuff will download. It never worked right. You always hit a bottleneck. Wow. But when, so when Microsoft was talking about their instant start stuff and Sony was saying, we have something similar to that. I was hoping, oh, you'll use Gaikai. So you buy a digital version of the game and as it's downloading, you can play Right. The one that's hosted in the cloud. Right. Yeah. I, I wonder why today they spent a billion dollars on Gaikai and they still don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> it, to me, it just seems ridiculous. Yeah. Uh,
1: like, it, it, is Gaikai kind of made for that? Is that the just, you know? Yeah. The, yeah. Well, Gaikai is Stadia.
2: Oh, okay. Guys, except, I get, it, yeah. except Sony bought it seven years earlier. Got it.
1: Got it. Okay. Sorry.
2: Uh, yeah. And and they just never used it in that way. And they only wanted to use it for back catalog stuff. So it was only like PS3 games and then like a few PS4 games. Yeah, I'm sure it's a lot more than that now. But they only view that as like a different, uh, different money stream uh, for the back catalog that nobody's really buying anymore. Got it. Um, and I just think that's just a huge missed opportunity. So Stadia came out and coincidentally timed for this, Microsoft started testing their, uh, X stream, which is now, I think it's called Xbox cloud. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, I think the next, the, the bridge point between having a box and it's only a box. Yeah. And you, you're only streaming out of the cloud. So X, X cloud. That's yes. That's the name. Yeah. Um, XCloud, I think, is, and it was announced right around the time the stadium was coming out. So you really fucking cut the legs out from under because like, what if you already own an Xbox and a bunch of games for Xbox? Right. I'll just wait for their cloud <laughs> thing to come out soon and I won't have to pay for it. Right. Because it's a free service as part of Game Pass and your Xbox Live Gold subscription. Yeah. Uh, so their Microsoft's idea, I think, is the ultimate hedged bet. So you can play your games on your console. Mm-hmm. You can play them on your PC. Yeah. And when you leave, you can play them on your, uh, on your phone or a tablet or anything else through xCloud, and it pulls in your save data because all that shit's already in the cloud, and it just works. Right. So if we all went back to normal and started commuting and all that shit, and you had a self-driving car, you could be playing your mm. Halo Master Chief collection in the car and being incredibly dangerous. Right. Uh, <laughs> and – Well, it's self-driving. Because we know from all – It's self-driving. From all the uh, – well, yeah, I mean, even from all this podcast money that we've made, you bought a Tesla now. Yeah, of right? course, yeah. From all this money we make, <laughs> 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 of course, <laughs> loaded. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the so Stadia w- became this orphaned kind of thing. Now there is one phase of Stadia that does have legs, and I think will exist for some peri- uh, period of time to go. Because I do think that the nice thing about Stadia is that if we're not going to go back to doing live events mm-hmm. for a while, like Microsoft has already said, there are zero in-person events for them this year, period. Right. Done. You know, like even if E3 was happening, they weren't fucking going. Right. Um, so what they started doing is a lot of developers started using Stadia uh, to make private accounts for the press to try out the games. Like they would at a booth at E3. Right. Okay. I think that's fucking brilliant mm-hmm. because... What that does is it gives them the, uh, if you're the developer, it gives you the sanctity to know that they're not downloading your game so they can't reverse engineer it to leak it on the internet. Yeah. They only get to experience it for that amount of time and then you revoke user access and then it's gone. And worst case scenario, they record footage of a game that, that you shouldn't be recording. That's it. Right. That's the worst case scenario. Right. Is that you're showing something that's maybe a little rougher than you'd like for the average public who doesn't understand how game development works to see. Yeah. Um, So they started using it as that. And I think that that is where Stadia will go from here. I think over the course of the next 18 to 24 months, um, it's going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as in Google, as they always do with these kind of things, they'll find some kind of make good to try to not hurt too many people's feelings. Right. Uh, which I think is good because they sold you on the future and the future only lasted 15 months. Right. <laughs> from, from, from top, from tip to head. So, and if you were somebody who bought big into stadia, you know, there's a few hundred games on there, right? You know, and if they eventually want to, you know, shut this thing the fuck down, uh, you know, what if somebody bought 50 games and they were all 60 bucks a piece? Yeah. You know, yeah. somebody, you know, once upon a time, man, I was that guy. Yeah, that's true. When it came to me buying a new thing, I had walls and walls of games. Right. Uh, I am definitely not buying games like I used to. <laughs> Which is uh, probably a good thing. Because <laughs> I am buying comic books like I never used to. Right. And them shit's expensive. Yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they
1: are. Batman's back. I'm Batman, oh, sorry, baby, we're, not about no, we're not talking about Batman. But, but, no, we're not
2: talking about Batman. But we could be talking about Batman. <laughs> Ooh, it's like Scott Hall wants to talk to me about Batman. You used hear Scott Hall. <laughs> it's just like, we could be talking about Batman. <laughs> yeah, hey, we could talk about Batman. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I think Stadia was an interesting piece of technology, but I think the idea that, so I guess the, the, the other piece of this that I think really just choked this thing in the crib was that when they pitched it, they announced it as this is, you know, we're going to have a big subscription service on here. So you don't have to buy games. Most publishers didn't want to be a part of that. And what stuff was on there was all back catalog stuff. The thing you get out of like Xbox Game Pass is that you also get all the current Microsoft games the day they come out. You know, uh, right. or even Origin Plus or whatever they call it, uh, their fifteen dollar a month service. You get all the EA games the day they come out. Yeah, and yeah, like if you discontinue your membership, it goes away. But like, you know, if you just want to log in and play Madden for a month, it's fifteen bucks instead of sixty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it, you know, all these other services, Ubisoft has their. I think it's U Plus. Ubisoft Plus or something like that. They have another one of those subscription services. So all of these subscription services came uh, came out at the same time, but all of those, granted, the, the EA one and the Ubisoft one don't let you leverage Cloud Play. So I don't want to give a false impression here. But there was just a lot of business models at play, and the thing that Stadia had promised from the beginning is that you don't ha- for launch you had to have that fancy Chromecast 4K, the new one. Uh, for it to work, and you had to have their controller for it to work. Yeah. Um, And they were saying, oh, it's going to come to the other Chromecast later, and then also we're going to have native apps on a whole shitload of TVs. Right. The app came to zero TVs. Right. They just, they, for whatever reason, I think because of their stringent rules or whatever, Right. Uh, the idea or they could never solve the that negative latency that we talked about they could never fully solve for that because most TVs run on Android yeah and Google owns Android and the app for Stadia their new flagship game development uh, game delivery platform wasn't available on any of those TVs right that's yeah, true <laughs> like dude like Steam Link is available on almost every TV you can buy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Valve has no connection to Google. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. So Google was just letting Steam hop on their service to do their, their fucking uh you know digital delivery shit, mm-hmm. but they weren't putting their own platform on there. It's definitely so. And this is also, if you remember, this is around the same time that Google became Alphabet and then all the other Google divisions were siloed off from one another. Right. It's like the these plucky Stadia guys could never get their voice heard in the room full of all the, the Gmail people. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm John Gmail. Uh, I, I haven't met you. But who are you? Frank Stadia? Never heard of Never me. heard of you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of you. So I'm going to go over here to Johnny YouTube and uh, we're going to go talk about cocaine and hookers (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and it sucks. Right. Um, But I do think that Stadia really, it did help kick that fucking door back in of, you know, because what, you know, I talked about on live earlier a little bit, you know, that was an online streaming service uh, 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that was letting you run games in 1080p at a time when 1080p gaming was still difficult. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, so that happened and then PlayStation now happened and was not what most people wanted. And then it was like, all right, Stadia came this thing roaring back. Right. Right. And most of the time, the people who really lead the charge for change and furtherment and development and revolution, as far as, you know, whatever medium it is, uh, they usually aren't the ones to succeed. Yeah. Uh, but I did think, genuinely, when they announced Stadia, that if anybody had the money to do what Google did, they just chose not to spend it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. it sucks.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, like you said, you know, like uh they they tried to work out some of the kinks after launch, you know, for things, but uh, you know, they it, Were you not prepared for it prior? You're Google. Like, you kind of know what the stress on servers would be. You know, the stress on the cloud would be if you had so many amount of people working on it. So, I don't know. It's it's Well, and, and
2: the idea that, like, it sounds like it was a lot worse in other parts of the world than it was, like, you know, in metropolitan Louisville, Kentucky. Sure. Um but, uh, you know, the idea that if you're Google and you want this to be like a worldwide initiative that you didn't send somebody with a laptop, a laptop and a hotspot, yeah. uh, you know, to fucking Antarctica to try this thing. Like, what were you, what were you thinking was going to happen right. that you would just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's you have to plan for the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's how. All of this works like, you know, I, I work for a marketing company and we design websites. Right. So I need user experiences that are designed mm-hmm. for the lowest common denominator, the lo- the least experienced user I could possibly have. Yep. Uh, and, and I don't mean that in a derogatory no. or negative way. I need to make sure that someone doesn't look at this and go, well, I guess I'm too stupid to use this. Right. Because it's confusing. Right. Because if it's confusing you've you've failed at user experience agreed period yeah you absolutely. know it's and that that's <laughs> i guess that's my soapbox for the day i've been selling a lot of websites lately. no it's true so. no it,
1: it yeah, it's 100% <laughs> true like yeah you you have to you have to hit those. you know i design websites so you know they that that's 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 a number 1 and uh you know keep it simple stupid is is a is a very pervasive thing like you, if you try to complicate things or try to get too artful or try to get too You know, um, uh, if you try to overstep your bounds on what you're able to to accomplish, then you have you have the struggle of of conveyance not not translating well over to your to normal consumer. So you know,
2: well, and I tell people that all the time. Uh, You know, it helps that I used to work at the company that you and I met where we were working. Right. You know, I used to work a lot in customer service, so I had basically over the phone, I had to have people tell me what you're seeing and what it looks like. Yeah, And so th- that actually comes into, you know, you know, assistance for me. Like when I'm talking about like, you know, what, my website's broken. Okay. Tell me what you're seeing and what you're not seeing. Right. And you know, how can I fix this for you? And, but that actually is the same thing. Stadia was never going to work ever <laughs> because they didn't make inroads before launch. Mm-hmm they didn't make inroads before launch to get that thing on every TV on the fucking planet. Yeah. Yeah. You're Google. (laughs) Yeah. You, you are the brain in every single television. Yeah. Yeah. You're, they had the power with a single stroke to put it on the front page Mm -hmm. of every fucking TV. Yeah. And they never did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so you want to talk about user experience that goes fucking wrong. Mm -hmm. If I can't find it, and I don't know it exists, especially nowadays. Don't believe that your TV ad campaign is the thing that's going to bring me in. You need to hit me where I live. Yeah. And where I live right now is the apps on my television, mm-hmm. the apps on my computer, the apps on my phone. Yeah, it's true. That's how you're going to hit me. <laughs> and, and the fact that there wasn't Stadia ads plastered all over every gmail account in the world right and all this other stuff that they could have done to have just fucking tried to drive that name out there but i think so there was like a little bit of a marketing blitz when the thing first came out Mm -hmm. but they they kept showing a chromecast they kept showing a controller right which and i think it's because they were under the gun so you do need to think of this november 2019 yeah is one year Before the next consoles were going to come out. And they knew they were already behind the ball with power. Yeah. So they needed to get people seated in this thing as quickly as possible. Right. If they could have delayed this, if those new consoles weren't going to come out until 2021, if they could have delayed that until summer of 2020. Right. I bet all those kinks would have been worked out. I bet all that shit would have been in there. And hell, they could have probably started uh, throwing controllers in with televisions. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Think about
2: that. What if you open your new Sony TV or your, well, maybe not a Sony TV. Right. What if you open your new LG TV? Right. And it has a stadia controller in it. You're like, what is this? And it's got a sticker on it that says, Hey, just go to this website and register and start playing games right now. Right. It's, it, it, it basically would be the same thing as those little
1: plug and play controllers that, you'd get your kids you know the the like yeah at the
2: kiosk in the mall yeah exactly so it's literally <laughs> just
1: that you know like it's it's real it's that simple thing or or even to a to a to a, a higher degree for like you know like uh basic consumers who grew up playing an old nintendo or a snes like the the mini snes and the mini nes like the the nes mini like that that was that appealed to so many people i knew that didn't play games anymore or weren't gamers but back when they were little, they always had like a SNES and a NES that they would just play. So they bought the NES mini and the SNES mini when they came, when they were pretty readily available. So if you just had, yeah, like you said, if you just open up your TV and like, Oh, here's this, like, yeah, you don't have to, you, you just, you just download this, this app and, and you know, you have games, play it. Here's a controller. That's it. You know?
2: Well, and think about it. Like, so you, you're the person you go out and, And you're getting a new TV for the living room. And your kid that's been playing Minecraft on their tablet for the the last few years Mm -hmm. is like, I really want a game console. Like, well, we've already got this controller. I'll just get you the service. Mm -hmm. It's like Netflix. It's 15 bucks a month or something like that. Like in all these other pieces, if you weren't having to buy $60 games, if they could have got a good roster lineup Mm -hmm. of stuff that would have been on a recurring service fee, you know, in the same way that Microsoft's trying to engineer game pass and stuff like that. Right. you really could have had something, because I do think, I, and I did Stadia and xCloud back-to-back, and I think Stadia was a little better. Okay, there we go. Uh, now, granted, this was after Stadia was on the market for, like, eight months. My It was my return trip to Stadia right around the same time I got in the beta for xCloud. Right. So I wanted to kind of, you know, I fired up the same game on both things. Yeah, yeah. And... I felt like the experience had a little bit less latency mm-hmm. uh, on the uh, on Stadia. And I thought that the signal looked a little bit better. There you go. Uh, the only thing about, you know, xCloud, though, is that it's I'm already paying for it. Right. You know, it, they, they're they just giving it to me. Right. Yeah. And I can play all the games that I already own and play all the stuff that they're giving me. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's kind of a, an irresistible uh force in an immovable object oh, kind of thing where it's exactly. like well stadium might have been a little bit better but i fucking already own x class <laughs> exactly. yeah. you know it's it's like uh so i buy like cpus for computers mm-hmm. every other generation right because they're like oh man this new rise in the 5000 series it's <laughs> it's a lot better than that 3800x you got last year i'm like yeah well i already fucking own this 3800x sir. so, <laughs> so- guess what I'm going to stick with this one for another year. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Who would have known when the 5000 series uh, Ryzen processors came out that you wouldn't be able to buy any hardware? Right? It's true. It's true. You know, I still don't have my 3080. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm still probably six months away from getting my 3080. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've been on the step-up queue wait list for the EVGA FTW3. RTX 3080. Good God. Since September 26th. So many letters too. Man. <laughs> oh. Basically, I signed up for this thing where you could buy a card. So I went out, I sold my 2080 mm-hmm. Ti and bought a 2080 Super right. to hop into this queue and they let you hang on to the card in this queue and then they'll eventually send you the card. I did not know that I was signing up for something that would probably take an entire year. Right. Yeah. You know what's really sad about this is by the time I get a thirty eighty, yeah. we're probably less than a year from the forty eight. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like you
1: can't really. I will
2: have burnt an entire year Ugh. of that. Yeah, what a fucking Good shit show. <laughs> what, a,
1: what a complete barnacle of a of a ship out of a
2: project. And what's funny is I I, I fucking I put the uh ceo of evga on blast all the time on twitter and he's like oh we're working through the queue i'm like dude i've been in this queue for six months (laughs) and i know for a fact i'm the like 405th person on there i'm like in six months you could only send out 200 of these right really yeah yeah really so well we still have to sell some cards i'm like it's four hundred cards. Like, how right. few of these things are you actually making? Right. And if you and
1: it doesn't like, if you
2: have a queue, what's
1: the point of the queue if you're selling it out?
2: I, I, whatever. I, Get it. Like, <laughs> even if eighty percent of your stock goes towards, you know, selling in the free market, and then twenty percent uh, goes towards, uh, you know, your step up queue. You could have cleaned the step up queue out in a couple of weeks, and then just moved on with your lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm still in this. Thing. You know what's really fucked up about this is that if I hadn't bought an extended warranty, which I haven't, but I get, I get grandfathered in because I'm in the step-up queue, right? Right. For my, for my 2080 Super. Yeah. Uh, I would be out of warranty. And if it broke, it would be my fault. Yeah. Because the warranty is only 90 days unless you buy the extended one. Ugh. And I'm, I'm like 180 days. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Gotta have plans for rollouts, man. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I've been mining Bitcoin like a motherfucker with this card because <laughs> I want this thing burnt the fuck up by the time I send it back, motherfuckers. I want it burnt. Oh man, someone finally explained Bitcoin
1: mining to me, and I and I understood it. So How did uh, I never under. I explained that. To well, you, you did. Or, I just or, or did I do a bad job? You did. You, di- you <laughs> did. I just. I was. I was. Tra- I was had. A, I was having a worse problem understanding Bitcoin as an entity entirely. So I wasn't understanding what you were. Oh, you didn't explain
2: blockchain. Yes.
1: The the blockchain. I didn't understand blockchain. So when you said you were mining Bitcoins or forwarding through this stuff, I was like, so what service is that providing? And you're adding to the blockchain of encryption. And now I get it. So it's like,
2: okay, got it. Someone is paying me in a pittance of Bitcoin. Yes. To add layers of encryption to theirs, yes, which keeps the security, which keeps the
1: uh, the um, and they
2: don't have to have any hardware to
1: build. Yes, and it keeps the security up, which keeps the um uh the faith up, which keeps the value up. So, and it yes. it made sense to me at that point. That that's when I was like, okay, so now I understand what the actual like physical faith of Bitcoin is. Is it's within the mining and the encryption. So I was like, OK, got it, because that's what always bothered me about Bitcoin was that, you know, like I know we're not on the gold standard anymore. Uh, FDR and Nixon killed that, but there was always the standard of value that we were always on. So it it weirded me out that Bitcoin was this thing with no standard of value, that it was just fake, well, you know.
2: And, and and that's what all these like NFTs and stuff are trying to do, which is another thing we can talk about another time. Right. Uh, but basically what they're trying to do is add such a layer of Preciousness mm. to aspects of it, like you right. owning the only version of a video that could ever exist, right? Yeah, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to add preciousness to it to create stability, right? Yeah, uh, because it's still like, as far as a currency goes, it's still a fucking volatile market. Yes, um, you know it, F- it it'll go it'll it'll swing up and down thousands of points yeah. a day sometimes. Yeah, fluctuates uh, like crazy. Yeah, but. You know, in, in mo- for the most part, it's actually worked out for the good for most people who have invested in it. Mm-hmm. But that's a hell of a lot of confidence if you're talking about something that could be worth $5 or $5,000. Depending on where the market sits. It, it, uh, it is a,
1: It is a. now that I understand it better, it is a vastly more
2: interesting topic for me. I, it, it's, uh, it, you know, and <laughs> I don't really know where I stand on the whole Bitcoin thing, but every libertarian I know loves it. Oh, loves it. it. <laughs> loves it to death. Loves it to death. <laughs> loves it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. it's, Yeah, like, it. it, I I don't think it's a very political issue at all to begin with, but I find it really funny that all my friends who really oppose Bitcoin are on the very liberal side, typically because of, and and I absolutely agree with the uh, amount of energy that this uses. Like, if you actually took all the machines right now that are actually mining Bitcoin Mm -hmm. uh, per day, that's, like, of the... 250 countries that we rank energy usage in the world, it would be like number 50 by itself. (laughs) That's a lot. It takes a hell of a lot of energy to do this. Right. But, and that's usually where most people's fault of it is. It's not just like, well, these people made their own money. Uh, it's like, no, you're potentially fucking the planet up trying to make this bullshit currency. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, like I said, I don't really know where I stand on it, but I live in a part of the country yeah. where energy is incredibly inexpensive. Right. Uh, so I do some Bitcoin mining. Right. And it's... I don't know. It's fun. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. And uh, get, I'm doing it on uh, on EVGA's dime right now with the card that I got to send back to him <laughs> where the thermal paste will be fucking toast right. by the time I send it back. Right? You're going to take this thing apart and go, what did you do? Put it in the oven? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Elon Musk
1: uh, backs it, so you'll be able to buy a Tesla with all those Bitcoins that you've mined. So there we go.
2: <laughs> well, uh, he, he likes Bitcoin. Yeah uh but he, the board of tesla yeah. loves bitcoin right. yeah <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know like maybe you'll talk to me in six months and i will have just I, i've lost everything <laughs> i've lost it all <laughs> but no I, yeah. I, I don't actually buy bitcoin i just it's, do a little bit of mining. right yeah so. yeah
1: it, it, it's, it's an interesting topic and we can definitely talk about it more i think but i think that's our hot take for the day Haas is that google's bad at business that's what we've come up with now we're Obviously, <laughs> like, are are you willing to stand by that mark? No, I, I'm. I'm not. So. <laughs> I think that's maybe a bit severe. a bit severe. I would say, but yeah, it's a it's a it, it's an interesting thing. And like you said, you know, it, these types of things, they don't norm. When you're the trailblazer, you don't typically live through the flame. It's the people that are behind you, you know. So, it it it, it it's a it, it'll it'll probably live in a different format. Maybe it'll come back in some. Format if it's uh, you know if it if it suits them. It's not like Google doesn't have the money of God that they can just do whatever they want, you know. So I, th-
2: I think uh, that I think Stadia will continue to exist, but more on the enterprise side, mm-hmm. um, simply because it, especially if you start thinking about this in other applications, uh, what they have really built is like one of the most powerful. Uh, uh, remote desktop setups in the world. Mm-hmm. And what if, like, you, so you had a crew of architects right, that needed to still be working out of the office but able to do it anywhere in the world because maybe another virus hits and we can't go back in or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the just, I think, I don't think the world is going to rush back into cubicles again for a while. I think it's going to take a bit for people to want to... Go back to the whole nine to five thing, right. you know, they, especially where people have gotten so used to the flexibility of, oh, I can go take my kid to the dentist and shit like that. Yeah. It's not a huge deal. You know, it's like if you're working from home and you got to take your kid to the dentist and the kid's home. Yeah. That's a 30 minute trip. Right. You know, that's an hour long trip. If you're at work and you got to go home and you got to get the kid and then you got to take him there and they got to take him back and all this. And then you go back to work. It's like that's half your day. Right. You know, so this this flexibility of work from home stuff, I could see Stadia even being applied in the more enterprise state uh, state where people had very graphics intensive programs mm-hmm. uh, that they needed to be doing. So you didn't have to buy everybody $10,000 laptops, Right. Uh, uh, but that mm-hmm. is probably a discussion for another day.
1: Absolutely. And that's going to do it for our discussion today here on the Video Destruct podcast. You can check us out at VideoDestruct.com, DestinationComics.com slash DNN. You can also check us out on Facebook
2: at VideoDestruct. You can check us out on Twitter at VideoDestruct. And you can also... Follow me on Twitter at Hoss underscore buddy. That's H-O-S-S underscore B-U-D-D-Y. Uh, I talk about video games and my dogs, and I put up a bunch of pictures of the food I cook. Doggies. And people say, man, that looks like some good looking food. Yeah, it did, uh, it did look good today. I just saw it. And I read yeah. comic books. There we go. Uh, mm. yeah. And uh, and I talk about them sometimes. Yeah, so, yeah. Come, give me a follow, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some dumb shit. Yeah, Uh okay. And I'll give you my hot takes. Hot takes. Hot <laughs>
1: takes from Hoss. We need a theme song. Hot takes. Uh, here's
2: my hot take. Yeah. Spoiler for season two of WandaVision. Okay. She might be the Scarlet Witch. Oh, oh, all right. That's that's, <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. That's
1: <laughs> tough words. There we go. So uh, but yeah, that's it. We're out of time. We gotta go. <laughs>